Hey everybody, welcome to the High Quality Fun Podcast. Today I have Brett and Allie on with me. Uh, these are two friends of mine that went to college with me. Um, Brett was actually in the same fraternity up at Michigan Tech, and uh, we, we want to talk about their hike across the Appalachian Trail. Um, the two of them took, what was it, six months off and walked all the way from Maine to Georgia, and that's just a completely wild thing that I wanted to bring them on and hear more about. I've heard very little about it, so looking forward to diving into this. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. You doing good? Doing great. You guys are up up near uh, Michigan Tech right now, aren't you? Not too far in Marquette, Michigan. Did you did you guys have snow up there yet? I had, we got snow the other day, and yeah, it's a little too early for us. But we have the wood burner going, so uh, excited to get that going. Yeah, all of our snow melted. We got about an inch. I think they got more like six or seven inches over by the Houghton area, but it, most of it's melted by now. That's crazy. It still shocks me how quickly that comes. And then you have one some years where there's none at all. Um, but anyways, yeah, is, if you guys want to just give us a, a short introduction about yourself, and then we can dive right into this uh, this story and, and kind of explore everything that you guys went through. Sure. Okay. Do you want me to start? Sure. I don't know what to say about myself. Um, yeah, I'll try, I'll try to give a brief. Um, like Tyler said, went to Michigan Tech. Um, Went to uh, went to school for electrical engineering, but went into the construction field. Was in the project management role for about nine years, and uh, got pretty burnt out on it. And wanted to do something different. And um, Allie has always wanted to do this hike, and it was the perfect time. And uh, quit my job, and um, no regrets. Um, and Allie was able to at least uh, take a sabbatical. So um, I'm Allie. <laughs> And I'm a medical technologist. Um, I went to Tech 2, and that's where we met. Um, and I just work at a hospital, and I was able, I went to my manager, and I was like, so I want to do this, and I'm going to quit, or I could go your regular. And he's like, if you're going to come back tonight, um, you can go your regular. And I was like, that works for me. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got to take six months off. That's actually a, a great transition, because I wanted to hear about, like what you had to go through to do this. And it sounds like Brett had to quit and you were able to actually go on a sabbatical. Um, was there any like, was there any preparation or anything that you guys had to do to get your your lives in order? Obviously the job part you just explained, but you guys had a house. Um, I don't think you had an animal at that point. We did. Oh, you did, okay. Yeah, so our living room has some artificial beams um, and there's a fan, a ceiling fan mounted to them. And when we came home, it was just down on the floor. And luckily the wires held and we didn't get any sort of, um, you know, shorts and fires, but um, it was pretty, pretty scary, frustrating. There was a few days there where we just kind of um, had to take a lot of deep breaths. And um, to be honest, the trail really taught us how to deal with those, um, tough situations and you know just deal with them um i've had multiple people tell me that i do a little bit better under under stress or difficult situations after the hike so um that was one of the positives for sure oh yeah and then i guess ally what what made you want to do this uh you guys said that you've wanted to do this for a long time and it sounded like you were signed up with or without someone 
Um, so back in 2017, when we were out in Colorado, he was already backpacking like he did it in high school. He took me on my first backpacking trip and I really loved it. So then he started showing me like YouTube videos of people doing different trails. And one of them was the AT. This couple met actually on the PCT, but they were doing the AT together and or no, the CDT. And um, they just had so much fun. And she actually was able to help um, with her eating disorders by doing these through hikes. And so I just thought it'd be a really fun experience to be able to do something so changing like that, um, that it would like impact your life um, like that, so. Yeah, for, for those that don't know, there's three main trails in the United States that people tend to through hike, be the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail. Um, they're all very different and the Appalachian Trail is by far the most established. So it's over, like Tyler said, um, we actually went from Georgia to Maine, um, south to north, it's the most traditional route. And um, there's towns that are set up that rely on that trail. There's, you know, shuttle drivers that that's their main income all summer, um, hostels, uh, Airbnbs. Um, so that, in, in our opinion, that's the most approachable hike. Um, not the easiest, but it's definitely the most approachable. I feel like it matched Michigan a lot too. That's why I picked it. Because yeah. like out west, the desert is intimidating for someone who's never backpacked it. Mm -hmm. So that's why I focus on the AT. And I was excited to just kind of break that one down and organize that and figure out if I could do it. And so what how many miles was it? Twenty two hundred. That's wild. That is insane. Yeah. And so uh, the other the other really nice thing about the Appalachian Trail is that there's very little road walking. You're pretty much in the woods the whole time. Um, as compared to the other trails I mentioned, there's quite a bit of uh, high, highway walking here and there to get get from trail to trail. So, yeah. so what went into setting up for that? I'm sure you did. You have to plan routes along the way, or did you just have your your like? How did you get food? How did you? uh plan to pack how what was your gear set up for me going by myself i took an old guidebook and i kind of broke it apart and i was looking at each kind of town that would be like good to be able to um walk in or hitchhike in um and then so i planned it way more than normal people do a lot of people just go out there and walk wherever they want and wherever their heart desires um, but I tried to plan everything out a little bit more just so I was prepared. Um, but we started ditching that pretty early on, but it was nice to kind of have a basis and see like we could be around where I planned and stuff. So, yeah, there's two approaches that people take for food. Um, you can either prepare all of it ahead of time and send boxes to post offices, or you can just go into a town and hope for the best at a gas station or a grocery store. And so that's what Allie was saying. She had planned quite a bit um, of like freeze-dried meals and different bars that she likes. And it worked out well um, until you get to a town on a Sunday and you can't get to your food because it's at the post office. Uh, and so it's just the logistics that you really can't count on. Um, even something as simple as like, I mean, getting different medicine and different things that you just run out of on trail. Um, you just take it day by day. So it doesn't feel like looking back, it didn't seem like it was a big deal. But at the time, you're like, 
oh, I need shoes because I have a hole in them and there's no outfitter for another two weeks. And so you try to order it off Amazon and maybe ship it to a random business that might be nice enough to accept the package for you. So when you actually showed up to towns like that, you said it's mostly on trails. Did you just have to take like a little detour to go up, up to the store or whatever? Or stick your thumb out and find a ride somewhere? Yeah, we did some hitchhiking. Um, we even called some people that would pick us up and take us to town on like a shuttle. We would pay them. And then it was really nice. We got to walk through some town. So like everything was centrally located. Um, you would just have to wander around town to get where, where you needed to go. Yeah, it was interesting. It varied by state. Um... You can't hitchhike in New York or you can get ticketed for that. Yeah. So you have to watch out for that. Yeah, so like in Georgia, where we started, that's where the majority of people start. They they call it the bubble. Everybody starts in Georgia, and it's overwhelming. Like, you might start the trail with 40 other hikers, and you're all fighting for different campsites, and then you're getting into towns at the same time, and it's it's a lot for these small towns to handle. It's probably because everybody get- starts at the same exact time. Exactly. You, you're supposed okay. to register on when you would start, because there's ideal times. We started in... So the bubble actually happened in April. We started in early March and it was still a ton of people for us. Um, but the Appalachian Trail Conser- Conservancy uh, has a website where you register and they try to keep the start, the number of people who start below a certain level, I think it's 40, trying to like spread everyone out and then reduce the impact on the trail. But people like still register even if it's above 40 and they still show up even without registering. Um, so that's wild. I, so yeah, this is great. So I, let's actually start to the beginning. So you packed all your stuff. You did your your prep for this. Um, how how much weight were you guys carrying each? So when you start, they actually weigh your pack for you, and this can get into a very and you probably know this. It can get into like a very in-depth conversation about gear and base weight and how much to carry. Um, but for those that don't know, base weight is all of your gear minus food and water. So it's all the stuff that you have to carry that doesn't change. Um, and then your food and water fluctuates as you go. Um, so both of our base weights were about 18 pounds when we started. Um, so that's pretty light, um, definitely not ultra light by any means, but it's comfortable to carry. And that uh, that it didn't change too much. Um, it, that was a little heavier in the beginning because of cold weather. I'd say we finished more like 15 pounds each of base weight. And then figure... How, how much le- was that in like a 70 liter backpack or? No. No, I think mine's 50. Okay. Yeah, we can we can share some. I don't pictures. have a lot of backpacking experience. I've done a lot of truck camping, so uh, some of the stuff is is I'm definitely learning on the fly. Yeah, so we did the same. We started, um, you know, car camping, and then bought whatever we thought was best from REI, and then you can go to another level and buy like higher end small company cottage gear. And it's it's expensive, but it's lightweight and it does the job. Um, I loved my backpack. I got a backpack that was handmade in Michigan, um, the northern part of the Lower Peninsula, mm-hmm. and I absolutely fell in love with it. I took a chance. It 
arrived. It took like six weeks to make and it arrived in February a little bit before we left. And I was just like, we're winging it. And I fell in love with it. It yeah. made it the whole way and I'm still using it and I love it. Yeah, we'll make sure to share some pictures of our gear um, later on. You can you can share. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so, I, yeah, so you were saying you were saying you went down there and uh, just immediately talking about the bubble that there, there being that many people, them weighing your stuff. So clearly, there's a a like dedicated starting point in a you know the DNR running a whole spot for you to check in and stuff. Um, I I don't know what how did you get down there and what was that experience like? Cause I did not anticipate that at all. I assumed you just like pulled off to a trailhead, uh, got dropped off, said bye to mom or whatever it was. And then went on your way. You want to explain how we got there? Um, so we had the flight from, we went to Marquette. Um, so we went from Marquette to Detroit to Atlanta. And then in Atlanta, there's this train that you take North. Um, so we took that to the farthest, and and then we got picked up by um, a guy who shuttles now, but he did the AT a long time ago. Um, so we got picked up, and then he helps us with gas canisters too, because you can't fly with those. Um, so he um, brought those, and he dropped us off at the state park. Um, we did the approach trail, so that added eight miles, because like the true start is Springer Mountain, but if you start at Amicola Falls, that's where the whole check-in place is. Okay. Um, so that's so he dropped us off at the state park because it's easier to get to, and then we started from there. And then it, it's probably just like a building, and every, like what what is the purpose of it? It's probably just to limit the amount of people going through, as you said, and yeah. to help with the bears. So the bears in Georgia are getting really um, like brazen. They're going after people's hanging food. Um, people, well, a lot of people don't hang too. They start off just carrying it and leaving it in their bag when they're sleeping. So they're really pushing bear canisters now. Um, mm -hmm. But REI, I believe, donated bear boxes at all the shelters. But yeah, they're really, it's mainly like for the bears and then um, proper backpacking technique and stuff. That's really cool. How long did you hang out there? Did you, did you actually meet anybody or were you just kind of like giddy to get going? We actually slept there the first night. Um, they have a little campground, and rather than spending a couple hundred dollars at the lodge, we just, you know, camped at the at the campground. But after that, um, we set off pretty early the next morning. I think we hiked seven miles. Yeah, it was just to Springer Mountain. So the key is um, that it starts slow. It, it's really tempting to try and, you know, you know, you can hike ten miles. You do it. You've done it before but you, you have to do it for the next five to six months. So you really have to take your time to build your legs, build, build all those muscles that you don't use. Um, and uh, I think we did a pretty good job of that. Yeah, because we were also coming from Michigan, which is pretty flat. Um, mm -hmm. So then going to Georgia, it wasn't, it was just how steep everything was. I didn't think the elevation was too bad, but it does get pretty steep. Yeah, I know my, my knee started to bother me going downhill. Um, not sure why a lot it happened to a lot of people um and eventually it just kind of works itself out hopefully um it did for me but were those was that first week pretty intimidating uh I, like when did you start to catch your stride and it did just feel totally natural so it's i don't really remember because like i got i was so excited to start 
And then it felt like a normal backpacking trip because we were doing week long trips um, before this. So maybe a couple weeks in, I was like, okay, we're actually like making it and we're still going. Um, I'm not like backing out or anything, but I don't know. I just kind of, I don't, I don't know when the stride happened. One of the funny stories from the very first night on trail, we get to um, whatever mountain it's called and we set up our tent as far away from anybody as possible. And it's like 3, 3 p.m., not even. And I tell Allie, I'm like, well, we should at least go talk to these people for like a half hour. And I'm like, let's, let's, let's give ourselves a half hour. And we ended up meeting um, a few people that we hiked around for quite a while. And um, you can make the Appalachian Trail whatever you want, but most people make it a social event. Um, you find a group of people and you stick with them and you call them your family, your trail family. And um, it's a little easier if you're not a married couple, but uh, we did definitely establish some strong relationships that we still keep in touch with people um, to this day. So he mainly did all the talking. I'm not good with meeting new people. So he did all of that. That kind of shocks me. I know. I know. <laughs> Normally, Brett's like, oh, I don't care. I don't want to talk to anyone. It just depends on the people, but it's a, it's a really good group uh, on the on the trail. Um, we really, I don't know about you, but there's certain stories out there about hearing about creepy people or dangerous people, and we really didn't have any of that. No, there, and for any women that did it by themselves, there was always a strong group kind of around people. Um, and we all they always looked out for everyone because we did run into a one person that I can remember that was that put everyone um uneasy. Mm -hmm. Um, but everyone was really safe and tried to keep an eye on everyone and make sure they all felt uh, comfortable. Yeah. How many tram would you call it tramleys? Tramley. Did you uh I guess fall in line with and how long did you hike with each of them? I would say about three. So we in the beginning, it was like the first kind of 115 miles, which kind of took us a while. Um, we were going slow. Um, but then we kind of started separating and meeting new people. But that only lasted for like a couple nights or a couple days. Um, and then um, Virginia was when we were really hiking with another group again. That was like 400, 500 miles in. Mm -hmm. um, and then we broke apart from there. And then we met, when did we meet Blaze? When was, that was farther up. We met another fella who was really nice. And then we kind of formed a group from there again. Mm -hmm. And then that was kind of who we finished with like on and off. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. Cause like you'll hike for like a week and then you kind of like break apart and then you vanish for a couple weeks. And then you guys like meet up at a random location. Yeah. And that yeah, was I'm just like, imagining like hey, we found yeah. you. Yeah. And it's it, you never want to like slow another person down unless you're married to them um but <laughs> basically like the first week we were hiking around people and people were dropping out left and right like they did not realize what they signed up for they watched some youtube videos thought it was going to be all you know type one fun and it, it's not right it's <laughs> There's a few good views here and there, but mostly you're just putting your head down and hiking. And um, I mean, I like trees. We're so. trade it for the it world, nice. but uh, <laughs> yeah, you could definitely tell there. 
I don't know what the stats are. They're probably somewhere online, but it's just, it's a pretty steep uh, decline. I just know it's one in four will finish. Okay. Um, I don't know how many start. It's probably a few thousand now. Yeah. Or more than that. Yeah. But yeah, one in four finish. Yeah. Wow. I, I would expect it to have been smaller, to be honest, but that's that's cool. And there's probably a lot of people that start it and uh, they chunk it up, right? They do this for a month. They come back next year, do that for a month until they finish yeah. the whole thing. For sure. Um, yeah. It, so w- once you got going, what was like, what was a day to day like? And uh, it sounds you went into town, so you were probably staying at, you know, in the trail, but also did you, you stayed in some hostels and maybe a hotel room here, here, or there, just to like get your bearings back. We were only doing, um, you know, shorter miles, seven, eight miles a day. And so we had to stay on trail and, carry about four or five days of food. And so we would stay on trail, you know, and camp every night. Um, so in our tent, sometimes we're in a shelter and we can get in the shelters a little bit too, if you want. But then as we got further into trail, got our trail legs, got stronger, we were doing 15 miles a day and we'd only carry like three days of our food. And we'd go into town, at least get a shower, maybe do some laundry. Um, Sometimes stay at a hostel, sometimes stay at a, a hotel. I assume those hostel visits were, were pretty social events themselves because there was probably a lot of people hiking there. Yeah, it got a yeah. little chaotic, um, but it was always nice because, yeah, you would run in. That's where we could meet up back up with people that we hadn't seen in a while. You'd like show up at the mm-hmm. same hostel and you're like, oh, my gosh, how you, like, where have you been? Or, yeah. So. yeah, they call it getting caught in the vortex when you go into town and it's hard to leave because you have all the comforts of town and it, those are the hardest miles is leaving town with a, a full stomach and a hangover and a full pack. I, I remember when we did our truck camping or anytime we'd done that, you know, we got into a, a pretty good routine about, you know, you, you park, it's time to get set up for the night. You got your whole routine of who sets up what, who gets the food ready, blah, blah, blah. And then in the morning it's, it's kind of the opposite, right? One person's tearing it down and the other person's, cooking um i assume that was like the only prep of each day and then like on the trail you just eat something quick for lunch um i always took down the tent um because he always put it up because he was really um particular i never quite did it right so then i always just took it down and he just set it up um and then so we would wake up do the tent um eat Sometimes we would have a warm breakfast, but most of the time we would just eat something quick. Um, it was it worked better for us to kind of snack more during the day. Um, I lose my appetite when I like backpack and hike a lot, so it's hard to eat a lot like at like lunch or and get all my calories. So it was really important to kind of like break everything up and not eat too much at one sitting. Um, we would always do like a nice break at lunch, like an hour, hour and a half. Um, when okay. we were swimming, we always set aside. Um, that was like farther north, we would do two hours. Um, so we could swim, eat, relax, and dry off. Um, so that took a lot of our time because we tended not to do as many miles because I wanted to swim a lot. Um, but then um, we would arrive at camp sometimes four, sometimes eight, seven-ish. Yeah, so... And then dinner. When you're hiking, at least for us, you can figure two miles an hour. Mm-hmm. 
roughly. And so if you figure an eight hour day, maybe nine with a break, you can get, you know, your 16 to 18 miles, whatever. And you kind of have to break that out. Like I was saying, if you have 50 miles between towns, between your resupplies, you kind of have to figure, can I do this in three or four days? And then if you only do 10 miles one day because you're having a great time at a swimming hole, well, now you have to do 20 the next day. So it, it's like, it's your job. It's not, it's not a hard job. It's a fun job, but um, you still have to get to that next town. Nobody's coming to rescue you. So you probably had a, did you have a map or anything to, to tell you how many miles between everything? I know you had your phone. You, you actually called me. No, I found out about this from Allie and I ended up reached out to you and you just called me for a short stint of the hike. Yeah. That is epic. And that was kind yeah. of how I knew to get you on here. I think you were changing um, diapers and I was hiking. Yeah. Yeah. Different worlds, different worlds. <laughs> I gotta keep my excitement down so I don't wake them. But, uh, no, but that's, yeah, that's, that, covers, that covers the daily uh, routine for the most part, uh, minus going to the bathroom and filtering water. Those are the only other two things you really have to worry about. Water was a big one. It's it's easier on the AT because um, it's so frequent, but you just have to pay attention because you don't want to carry too much where it adds extra weight, but you also don't want to go dehydrated. Um, so it's just kind of finding that balance and then making sure you fill up at the source depending on how far the next one is and yeah that makes sense. now uh we'll get into like the the finish and the after effect of all this but i want to hear about particular stories on the hike um what were what were some of the highlights like the best views the best portions of it was there any good stories that where you ran into people, uh, was there any very, very crappy days that you just wanted to give up? Uh, and I guess, did you have any major like weather events that made it absolutely horrible? Well, one that I'll just get out of the way, it's not like it was the highlight, but it got me thinking when I said we were hungover. We were with one of our trail families. It was a fun group, um, us and four other women. Four women and no, and then another guy. So yeah. yeah. And so we had all, gotten up and we were hiking for a couple miles and we see a sign for a winery it was like 10 a.m yeah we, we arrived five minutes before they opened yeah and these people loved us they're like we smelled terrible we looked terrible and they didn't care and we start sampling wine and they've got whiskey and all this and before we knew it we'd each bought a bottle of wine and we finished them all Made it back to trail. We all just immediately set up camp and then we made out. it a quarter of the way on that day. Yeah. <laughs> we made it a quarter of the way, but I think total we did eight miles that day. Only eight miles. Yeah. So yeah, we oh were God. like, I I was hiking. I could smell wine coming out of my pores, but it, I wouldn't trade it again for anything. But the hangover was pretty rough. Um, wine hangovers, no good. Yeah, that uh, that kind of reminds me when we did our truck camping trip, we did a month long one. I, I think I've mentioned it on every episode so far, but we stopped in California for the halfway part, uh, halfway mark to see her friends. And uh, we get out of this truck. They're like, can you please take your shoes off at the door? I'm like, I don't think you want me to. And we take <laughs> our shoes off and they're just like black. Like, yeah, you can leave them on. And then I remember taking that shower and it just be, I don't know 
a few minutes straight of just dirt running off of me. Oh man, I'm sure you did stink going into that winery. Oh, like even still, the dirty even hippies. To this day, um, I threw away my hiking shirt at the end, and my backpack still smells. It'll never be clean. Um, that was probably my hardest part, to be honest, was not showering for four or five days and and sweating for eight hours was tough. And um, sleeping in it. Sleeping in it, and it's a damp environment. You know, it's humid over on that that part of the country. Um, so that's really what people, that's why it's one of the harder trails is because of humidity. Um, nothing mm. dries out, you know, things can get moldy and it's just tough. Anytime it's sunny out or warm and you can dry things out, you take advantage of it. But didn't mean to go into a ta tangent. What's uh, some of your best? Uh, oh, you're good. Oh, I forgot. oh, that was the question. Um, <laughs> so early on, we, I guess that was mile 500. Um, Grayson Highlands, it's the state park in um, Virginia with the horses. So they actually, so this bald was created for farming way back in the day, and they actually keep it a bald by unleashing like these mini horses. And they eat, they keep the bald clear by eating all the shrubbery and brushes and stuff. Well, they've actually gotten used to humans. And so they'll like come up and lick your legs to get the salt off of it and stuff. And um, that was just fun walking through because there's so many groups of them. Um, and they're just all over the place. Were you yeah, just we like, you literally were walking on the trail and suddenly horses are greeting you? Yeah, there was a yeah. baby. I got a, a baby who like came up and licked my legs because then his the mom was doing it too. So then the baby was like, oh, do I do this too? So it was so cute. That's cool. There was a few instances with animals, you know, other than like the few bears and stuff we saw, but we saw the baby bears. They were wrestling. They were in Shenandoah. That was a fun one. Yeah, you actually hiked through Shenandoah National Park, which is kind of interesting. Um, you don't get to see a lot of the amazing views like you would if you're driving. Um, you just kind of hike these like rolling hills the whole time. But there's little roadside parks that you can get snacks, and that was nice. But um, one of the places we stayed actually had a pet donkey at it. And so that was awesome. We got to just hang out with <laughs> the donkey. donkey. You wake up in the morning and you open your tent and there's a donkey staring at you. Um, <laughs> he, oh my God, it was the funniest thing. So this guy, he actually wasn't there. He actually was having health issues, but um, the donkey is on like 90 acres, but it, it hangs around when like during the day when the hikers are trickling in, but in the middle of the night, it's gone. And like the caretaker that was there helping um, the guy like take care of the land, is just like, yeah, the donkey vanishes in the middle of the night. No one knows where it goes. And I'm just like, oh gosh, it's just like off adventuring in the middle of the night. And then it comes and wakes us up. It's just so cute. Good morning, friends. Yeah, we actually ran into a uh, stray dog on the trail uh, that followed us for 10 miles and we eventually got him to a- Fontana Dam that was. Yeah, to somewhere near Smoky Mountains and uh, they were able to bring him to a shelter. But other than that, um, just bears and porcupines and- The porcupines can climb trees. I never knew that until they started, they got scared of us and they would climb the trees. Did not like that. Mm -hmm. It was wild coming from you know Michigan, Upper Peninsula. We're expecting all this wildlife in the woods, and it really it wasn't. Um, which it wasn't disappointing or anything. It's just different, um, different part of the country. That that actually shocks me. I yeah. feel I bet seeing those two bear was cool. Were they black bear? Yeah. Okay. And so not, black bear not too skittish or not too uh, scary. No. Okay. 
I was going to say, Mama Bear is near, and I wouldn't like that, but Black Bear would probably just run from you. Yeah, they were pretty small. The mom was there. The mom just saw us and kind of pulled him like, into the woods a little bit more because they <laughs> were playing, and she didn't really care. Yeah. Can you think of any crappy... Uh, yeah, what you guys got probably got I'm caught in some storm. Say, you're not a true through hiker unless you shit your pants. <laughs> I'll just leave the saying at that. <laughs> so, are you both true hikers or no? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is very humble. <laughs> you wouldn't think it is, but uh, you wouldn't think it would be that uh, common of an occurrence, but. <laughs> It's not common, but it happens. So we know a couple others that happen too. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> but that is a difficult part of the trail. I mean, so there's designated campsites along the trail. You know, some states they're every five. They're all they're all rustic, uh, like recommended areas, right? Like you're walking in the middle of the woods and you come up on a spot where people have clearly camped, right? And they have the hooks and everything for all your food. There's some of that. Like I said, it depends on the state. Georgia does a really good job. Um, but then it starts to really taper off. And through some of those middle states, you're really just finding your own spot and okay. digging holes if you have to go to the bathroom. So it's uh, you gotta, yourself. Yeah, you got to time it right. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, some of the most difficult situations for me were just getting in and out of town. Um, you know, sometimes we're 10 miles from a town, you're not walking. Um, we try to hitchhike, but not everybody wants to pick you up. Um, you don't always have to. You don't want to walk 10 miles. Yeah. No, nobody wants bonus miles, they call it. Um, we're willing to walk about a mile off trail, maybe two, if it's a good, good meal that you could get. But um, most people would rather try to hitchhike. So mm -hmm. that's got to be the biggest unknown, right? You know that when you're in the trail you have everything you need but if you take the risk on going into town and that's like important because you have to stock up on everything mm -hmm. yeah i mean there was times where we had to go to a gas station and spend over a hundred dollars for like two days worth of food and you're eating garbage like i mean i would always go for the highest protein i could but you know She's not afraid to eat honey buns and Skittles for a week. <laughs> I'm a picky eater, and I was doing good in the beginning, and then eventually I wasn't eating any of the food in my bag, and so then I just switched to the jumbo honey buns, and, like, I would always have, like, a nice bag of chips that I really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, candy. I do enjoy the candy. Yeah. Get that sugar. Get the, that carb intake. Did you <laughs> – did you – there had to be storms and stuff that you had to – you know, either wait out or trek through. Yeah do, you, yeah. yeah. do you just go stationary when that happens or what, what's the, the worst one we, it was out of hot springs. Um, we got snowed on, like, I mean, five, six inches. Um, we woke up oh and it, but it was like a warmer snow. So like it was still 30, so it wasn't terrible. And then it snowed did it snow? It snowed again that night. And then it, everything started melting after that. Yeah. But it wasn't like that was the only time we got major snow and it melted pretty quickly. So the one of the, the at that time we were hiking with a young woman. She was 18 years old. No, she's 20 or she was 20. I'm sorry. And her mother was started the trail with her. 
met us and she was like you guys are nice you should hike with my daughter and then now we had a companion and it was fine but we got to the shelter that might have been when i called you because i think i remember you talking about that yeah. yeah so we get to this shelter and it's like this nice three-walled shelter with a roof and there's spot there's like room for two people and there's three of us no it was one well we could have squeezed oh, two i, I was and, i did not want to squeeze in that and so we're like looking at each other and she just like shimmies her way into the shelter and like see ya and we had to go set up our tent but it worked out um but the way our tent is were uh configured when all the snow slides down it blocks all the air holes so we were basically like trapped in our tent with no fresh air so it got a lot of condensation um but yeah it's like again the type two fun where it wasn't particularly enjoyable sleeping in the <laughs> in the tents but looking back it wasn't bad i think my socks were the worst that was the one day my socks were the absolute worst i woke up and they were like frozen mm -hmm. so like you took them off they were wet and sweaty and then they froze that night so like trying to maneuver them to get them on your feet the next day was was rough yeah did you run across any rain any like large storms i probably would have expected to hear rain over snow so that's that's kind of funny the rain didn't really stand out to me yes it rained but it wasn't that wet of a year in my opinion because like i know some people the person i watched who did it in 2021 went through the hurricane was it ida that year yeah ida really made landfall near new york and they were getting like everything was just a swamp everywhere um we never really encountered anything like that i won't lie to you there was a few times where if we were watching the forecast um, and there was a chance we could go to a town we'd probably go to the town. Um, so that was the other thing of being a little bit older, a little bit more savings. We had that luxury. Um, you know, we won't go into finances on this one, but basically you can do it as cheap or, or as uh, bougie. bougie as you want. <laughs> and we were probably in the middle of the road. Um, tried to go for the cheaper hotels over the nicer ones as we could. But um, yeah, I wasn't afraid to go to a hotel if it was going to rain that night. Um, but you couldn't always do it. It was just if it happened to work out. Yeah, I'm sure that was like needed to kind of restart yourself and, you know, get get a fresh start for the next day's hike. Yeah, you just basically get into the hotel and start hanging up everything in the room as much as you can and hoping it dries by the morning. But We did, uh, we'll reflect on this at some point, but Chelsea and I did a... Uh, uh, Costa Rica trip where we rented dirt bikes or enduros and we lived off of our backpacks on those things. Yeah. And it was Costa Rica. It rained the first three, four days we were out there. So we're just on the road, just in the rain, all our shit's wet and you park in the town you land in. And um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah. We went into one town and they didn't have any dryers or anything at any of the hostels or hotels that we stayed at. We walked around and tried to ask, any place for a dryer um we were laying our clothes out every single night that we stayed somewhere and it was just so damp that you'd wake up in the morning and nothing would be dry it was it was exactly as you left it smellier than when you started um i think we actually paid someone to dry our clothes uh or wash our clothes when we actually found a spot and needed it but yeah i i, I think we threw away some clothes there too because they were so bad <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, is there, I don't know, is there anything else you guys want to share on? Otherwise, we can we can start to wrap it up. I want to hear about how you guys got back and, uh, you know, any, yeah. It's so much. I mean, honestly, I think we'll have to just touch base after this and try to share some of the Instagram stuff and the Facebook stuff to try and, like, you know, even just jog our own memories because it was five and a half months of our lives. And yeah. There was a lot of highlights and a lot of lowlights, but um, there's no way we could touch on it all right now. So when yeah. I I found that in the the episodes we've done so far, that the people that I've talked to there, they typically leave either the next they leave the episode the next day or so, and they're like, "Wow, that was actually kind of cool to long form reflect on something that we did." Because normally, uh, if I see you at a party or something, it's like, "Yeah, I just hiked for six months," and yeah. and you get like five minutes in, and then you're interrupted or you got to go talk about something else. It's um, really hard to explain or talk to people that haven't done it. And obviously you and Chelsea have done quite a bit of similar type stuff, not the duration, but you can at least know what we're talking about. Um, but we'll talk to like our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, and they're like, oh, you went camping. Cool. You know, they, <laughs> you're just not speaking the same language at all. And so when people ask oh, questions, exactly what we want is to you know we'll have happy to answer any questions you have and you probably don't know what questions to ask all the time but um yeah hopefully we touched on a few few things yeah i would i would love to do something like this at some point again we do not have the experience of doing backpacking because we've done a lot of truck camping as we said um and with the kids we bought that pop-up we've been toting that around for the summer to try to uh have a larger place to camp out of um connected to the truck mm -hmm. uh, but yeah i would love to start doing day hikes and you know even weekend hikes with them um they're still pretty young they're still very young one of them can't even walk okay. uh so what was the last lag of the trip like where i assume you were pretty much in a groove at that point but how did you how did you finish it how, what was that feeling like um yeah do you want to kind of touch on the last couple states like and how they i got really excited in vermont so that's when everything like the mountains um start getting like really big um and like you go into new hampshire the white mountains and it gets absolutely beautiful but with vermont i got to start swimming so much more so like when we were backpacking in michigan it was always we could always go swimming like lake superior and stuff like that so then when i when we did the at we couldn't really swim. I think the first time we swam was Pennsylvania. I'm trying to think. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. So then in Vermont, more lakes started showing up. Um, so that was really exciting. And New Hampshire and Maine had a lot of lakes. Um, yeah, if somebody was looking to do even just a few weeks, a month, I would push them towards the Northeast. Um, it's tough because the trail gets really difficult there. It's like more more technical hiking. But it's just so beautiful and um i i want to go back you know we at that point we were just like like you said in a groove and we had to get these miles per day and we weren't really taking it in probably as much as we should have but the rocks never led up to because everyone talks about pennsylvania and the rocks which there is like the whole trail is coated and your feet hurt but then they go bigger rocks into like new hampshire and maine and so you're just always walking on a hard lumpy surface which makes it made it really exhausting at the end yeah i mean there was people we were hiking around that 
you know, they actually had to leave trail because they broke an arm or, you know, rolled an ankle. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some parts that I could not believe that people in their, you know, 70s, 80s get through it. Um, Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's raining, I would never go through some of the trails that we went through because they're just that steep and slippery. Um, but it's just so beautiful. Like, you can't even put it into words. The only thing I tell people is if you've been to Colorado, the White Mountains out east are just as beautiful, if not more. Um, they're not as tall, but they feel like they are because you're not up at the high elevation. You're You're really traversing up thousands of feet. And um, yeah, you get above tree line and it's really cool. Yep. Um, That's kind of cool that you got to do that as the last, you know, jaunt before you got got home. But it also sucks you had to brute force all that before you got there. Was the rest of the trip, even into Maine, pretty gorgeous? And then, oh, yeah. uh, okay, I've been to Maine one time with with my family and. I don't know. I was very young. I don't remember much about it. We went whale watching. Uh, that's like about all I remember, but I don't remember much of the scenery or, or anything. And we were by the ocean. Um, yeah. So you did they... to... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you got to see a completely different part than we did. I felt like Maine was kind of like Michigan, but a little bit, everything was a little bit bigger and more vibrant. And the crazy thing about the Appalachian Trail in particular is you're going up and down these small mountains and then you get towards the end and it's called Mount Katahdin. I think there's another name for it, but that's what we know it as. I think I think Katahdin is the native. I think they kept that one and then they used to be named after a person and I think they changed it. Yeah. I might be wrong though. But as you're approaching it, everything else in the area is relatively low. So it feels like you're walking to Mordor, like if you're a Lord <laughs> of the Rings person. And um, it's pretty daunting to be honest. Like y you hear about it, you know, it's a big tall mountain, but you're like, I've just hiked 2000 miles. What's another, you know, couple more miles. And, it wasn't easy. Um, by that time of the year, it's cold, it's windy, you know. I thought we got lucky that day. Yeah, there we, was... we did great. Um, we, we lucked out, but um, you get to the top and it's just hard not to shed a tear and just be ecstatic. And you see all your friends around that have, you know, done the exact same thing. Nobody else understands what you've been through except for that group. Um, there were, of course, day hikers that were up there, and they, again, don't understand, but they were happy to take our picture, and um, it was all good. But not to jump too far ahead, but then you have to climb back down, and those miles don't count because you're done with the trail. Um, <laughs> but we get to the bottom, and we were actually arguing, like, how are we getting out of this park? You're out in the middle of nowhere, and you have to get to a town to try and get your life back together. And luckily, two guys from Canada oh my god they were so fun yeah this guy these two guys in a van they were from Montreal um so they were they they did knew they were good with English barely was, but they were good they were good with English but their accents and it was still broken a little bit but they were having so much fun learning from us and we were talking about our tra the trail and um they drove us all the way into town out of the park and it was just so fun to meet them yeah 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 so there's a lot of people like that that we met um you know, whether they were shuttle drivers or, you know, people that picked us up hitchhiking that um, you never even remember their name, you know, but 
you had a great interaction and you're so grateful for their um their kindness um so you you actually finished at the top of this mountain yep okay all right yeah, I, I was kind of expecting what's that you start at the top of a mountain and you finish at the top of a mountain oh that's cool i yeah. kind of expected you to say that there was going to be uh you know another shelter or something that you finish at and uh you get greeted by the dnr and say hey we did it <laughs> no but they do regulate how many people can go up and um what time of year because there's really um fragile, fragile vegetation up there yeah mm -hmm. so if you go at the wrong time of year or you're trampling on different plants it can really erode the trail quickly so they do a good job of, of keeping that um maintained you have to wait so it tends to happen beginning of october i think when the first snow comes they shut down the mountain and you have to wait for a good like base layer before they allow any winter i think katana does winter stuff yeah um but yeah you have to wait till there's a good snow base layer so you don't ruin any of the vegetation how bad would that be if you got there and you like had to stop because you couldn't climb to the top i don't want to get break me happened to people it's definitely happened but we actually you know Oh, did ahead. you know you probably knew it was the end when you saw that mountain yeah like, oh i yeah. feel like i would i would start just i don't even know what would be going through my head what's going through your head at that point i just wanted to... sadness yeah yeah i kept swimming because um the hundred mile wilderness when you're finishing i just kept swimming at all the all the chances i could get so that really slowed us down i don't know if it was just me wanting to swim or if i was like oh wait we can stop here and we can stop here and yeah. we don't need to keep hiking today i was like yeah we I don't, don't want it to end we don't need to get camp right here but uh Allie was ready to hike for the rest of her life and i was ready to be um home <laughs> with the dog and um maybe start you know making some money again and um I, I love hiking. I love backpacking, but I don't know that I love it for six months at a time. It's a, uh, it's a lot. It'll change you for sure. Yeah. I bet, I bet that finish was wild. Um, what, how, how do you guys think that, well, well, real quick. So you were saying that you ran into so many people that were just awesome. Like it, it seems like anytime you get, deep into any type of hobby or adventure, um, you know, people traveling the same way that you are, they're always very cool. Uh, that, that's something like, that's something I'm, I'm excited to grasp out of doing this, this podcast is just talking to people that are of similar minds are, um, you know, similar opinions and everything. But yeah, like I'm sure you ran into those French Canadians and that was just like hilarious to, to bullshit with them. Um, yeah, as you were saying, this hike definitely changed you. You were ready to get back, but felt the triumph of it all at the end. Um, I mean, you kind of reflected on it a little bit at the start of the podcast, but how how did it change you guys coming home? Go ahead. Um, I just, I do want to do more hikes, but at the same time, it is nice to have the dogs um sounds like you're just eating junk food like you normally would be so <laughs> um i think the hardest part actually like the only thing i could think of is i struggle to drink water um i don't drink it like i used to i don't and it like i don't know it tastes fine but like i don't know if it's the mental part of it where i'm not going and filtering and finding it and bringing it back like 
I noticed something changed with that. Like I just don't drink the water the same way before the hike. Um, so but. there's this like well-known in the hiking community phrase called post-trail depression. Um, so a lot of hikers will get done, go back, you know, whether they had a career or not, they just don't know what to do with their lives because they have to go back to the real world. And I know for me, I, found running. I was never a runner uh, ever. And I got back and needed to do something and kind of latched onto that. And it's helped me a lot. Um, oh, I read. Yeah. Allie, I've read. Uh, Allie reads a lot, kind of like, escapes. I think I've read like 200 books this year. Um, wow. Never read before the trail and now I can't stop reading. So yeah. I guess, yeah, running and I'm reading. Yeah. Plus, full -time Do you think it out. helped or changed anything with I don't know if you guys had problems with uh, your phones or anything beforehand. Do you think you uh, got some separation from that when you returned? I, I don't really use my phone. I use it like with my Kindle and stuff, but like I don't really post as much as I was before. Cause like I always thought it'd be fun to like get like a more presence on Instagram and like try and be one of those like outdoorsy people. But like after doing it, and through hiking, I got really sick of it, trying to like keep wanting to keep up and like post everything about it. And then when we got back, I just never really wanted to post again. I was yeah. just kind of like, I kind of want to keep everything to myself. It's kind of weird how it, ch it changes like that. I don't, I don't think I have a problem with it, but I'm, uh, you know, going down this journey, trying to start this podcast. I'm, I'm selfishly doing it so I can connect with people. Mm. Um, but it's going to be interesting if and when we gain some traction and having to, you know, be nose down looking at this thing often. Um, hopefully, with Chelsea and I kind of managing it, it'll be good. Would Would you guys do it again? Do you have have any more hikes in your future? I've, for some reason, well, it would be nice to do the Superior hiking trail um, along the coast of Minnesota. That one's like three twenty five, something like that. Um, but it just would be nice to have it so similar to michigan um but i was looking at the arizona trail i'm interested in trying the desert um do a little bit of desert and then the mountains out in arizona but that's just the only kind of one i've focused on yeah Those we are much shorter too right yeah Maybe a week or so okay well yeah she said like 325 that's 325 miles so oh sorry yeah much shorter but it's it's minnesota so it's not like the big big mountains it's what we're used to in Michigan. Figure, figure 15 miles a day. I did 18 on the North but, Country Trail. I could I could do more. Yeah. We did the, like we were saying before we hit record, um, Mount Rainier. So we did the Wonderland Trail. It's um, 95 miles around Mount Rainier. Fantastic trail if anybody's listening and they want to, um, if they've got some experience, they want to challenge themselves, highly recommend it. It's hard to get a permit for, but if you show up and do like a walk-up, and you're willing to do some shorter days and some longer day days, they'll work with you. And it's a once in a lifetime hike, highly recommend it. It hurts though, it yeah. really, really hurts. Yeah. I don't, it might've been Washington. We did a 15 mile hike. I don't think we even intended it to be 15 miles, but that was, by the end of that day, I was in pain. I was so ready to get back to the car um i'm sure that sounds like a joke to you guys no. now after your stuff but with all that elevation and everything i was i was done um, we've done plenty of hikes like that mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and like when we go to Isle Royal, it's you know ten miles a day is great. That's uh, it's a nice comfortable day. Um, the only thing we didn't touch on was the getting back um, from from the trail. We had to take a bus, a train, a couple airplanes. It was it was because you end in the middle of nowhere, uh, middle of nowhere. So. Yeah. Um, remind me of the process. So we wanted to do a rental car, yeah. um, but no one really would rent us a car such last minute. Um, so then we were, we did the bus um, to downtown Massachusetts. Boston yeah, area. we flew out of Boston, but then a storm came in. So we actually spent the night in the airport yep. to get a flight out the next day. Like it was the craziest thunderstorm that came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, so we actually had to sleep in the airport but in boston they don't let you stay in the airport they actually make you leave security for a couple hours and then re-go through security luckily we had a lot of our sleeping gear so we just set up our air pads got our <laughs> sleeping bag slept in the middle of the hallway with fluorescent lighting shining down on us um made the best of it but i just wanted to be home so bad after that oh that's a brutal ending i didn't even consider that it was oh my gosh yeah you we were sitting up the whole airport oh for sure yeah you tried like yeah we had at least showered by then but um no and then we got back to her folks place in michigan and um her mom treated us to pedicures so first pedicure of my life and it was great <laughs> um you're a man at that point you deserved it <laughs> yeah other than that um yeah, got back and pretty much immediately started working. And um, yeah, they took me back. <laughs> I only did a couple training shifts because we got some new analyzers in the hospital. And then I was back at it. It was kind of no big deal. I was surprised. Yeah. You found a job right away then? Yeah, I was going to become an electrician and I gave that a few months, but um, got an offer to be an electrical engineer and um, took it and I'm happy as can be one one year at the company now so um it, it took a long time you know we went got those engineering degrees and about 10 years later i finally am using it but i love it no i appreciate it guys thanks for coming on hopefully you had a good time i thoroughly enjoyed talking to you good thanks yeah. for having us we'll uh, talk to you guys soon